Well, good morning, 11 a.m. How you guys doing this morning? You guys doing well? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, my name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're glad that you are with us today. Uh, today is an exciting day. It's one of my favorite days that we get to have here at church. Today is a water baptism and family fun day. You just saw a video about that. I want to encourage you, if you've never been uh, baptized, to go out there today and get baptized. Uh, even if you have been baptized, I know some people are like, well, I've already done that. I don't need to participate. Listen, there is not a greater experience than going out there and seeing people make a public declaration and you being out there to celebrate with them. And so we're going to have a great time today. We're going to have all kinds of food and different things that are going to be happening. So come on out at four o'clock and be a part of that. Also, Next week, we're beginning a brand new series called No Fear November, and uh, I'm excited to, to share and, and have some of my friends come in and share about how do we overcome fear in our lives. It's going to be a great series, and finally, one last housekeeping kind of thing before we get started. A lot of people have been asking me, like, what happened last weekend with the Immeasurably More offering? Anybody interested to hear what happened last weekend? Like, anybody want to know? A couple of y'all, well, you'll have to wait till next week, uh, Sorry to disappoint because there's, there's been people that have been emailing, texting, asking, hey, we missed last weekend. Can we still participate? Yes, you can still participate. You can give today during the normal offering time. There's immeasurably more envelopes in there. We'd love for you to be a part. Next weekend, we're going to announce uh, how you guys gave and, and how we're moving forward with our immeasurably more building project on the, the seven acres of land that we own out in Parkland. And so as we begin today's message, I just want to go ahead and kind of let the cat out of the bag for today. And uh, that is a terrible statement. Can anybody agree with that? Let the cat out of the bag. We should never let cats out of bags. We should keep them in bags all the time. Like they should never be let out. I'm not a big cat fan. If you're a cat fan, uh, this might not be the church for you. Um, just make fun of cats a lot. So uh, you'll just have to endure. Uh, it's, it's the thorn in your side, as Paul would say. So uh, terrible statement, but the goal of today on the front end, I'm just going to give it to you. The goal of today is, is if you have never been baptized, is that you would make a decision that today you're going to go get baptized. Or maybe you started following Christ a long time ago and you got baptized and then you fell away from Christ and uh, there was a period of time and you came back to being in a relationship with God. Maybe it's time for you to go back out there and rededicate that public decision for Jesus, and, and, and maybe most of all, the decision we'd love for anybody to make that hasn't made it is maybe you've never made a decision for Jesus, and today you would make that decision to follow him, and then you would follow up that decision by going and getting baptized, and so that's kind of the goal for today, so just put that in the back of your mind, and, and as, as you're doing that, uh, not too long ago, um, my wife and I, we've been in the process of moving, and I'm a person that I, I love to be prompt, I love to be on time, I love to have some organization and certain things in my life. Anybody else out there like to be prompt? Anybody like an on-time person? We have got a ton of freaking liars here in the church, because y'all arrive late every single week. Stop lying, stop hating. You don't like to be on time. Like all y'all are shamed now. Yeah, I just used a shame tactic on you. Uh, I did. I, I, so arrive next week on time. Not 20 minutes late. This is an island time. This is, this is, oh, I'm, I'm going home right now, aren't I? So 
So I'm, I'm a huge prompt person. Like I love to be on time. Not only do I love to be on time, I love to be early to things. Like yesterday I was performing a wedding and, and I arrived to that a wedding an hour and a half early. Like I was there before, like the bride, the groomsmen, like the wedding party. Like I just wanted to make sure that I was on time. And so like I am overwhelmed with like I've got to be early to everything. And so I woke up and our house has kind of been a mess because we've been packing stuff up. We've been doing some remodeling. We've been doing all this stuff. And so I, I wake up and I'm I'm getting ready and I, I need to leave because I got an appointment all the way across town. It's early in the morning and I know that I'm gonna have to rush through some traffic and it's getting close to the time where if I don't leave right now, I'm gonna be late. The only problem is, is that I can't find my cell phone. Anybody else a, a habitual loser of things? Not a habitual loser, but a loser of things. Uh, I lose things all the time, particularly my cell phone. And this is bad because my cell phone kind of owns my life. It tells me where I'm going, what I'm doing, who I'm doing it with, like where I need to be, what time I need to Everything in my life is on my cell phone. You want to take my life? Just take my phone. My credit cards are there. My license is there. If I could fit my passport in here, it would be in here. Like this is my life. And so I'm, I'm free out because I can't find my cell phone. I'm, just, I'm going all over the house looking for it, and, and, and I'm getting really frustrated, and I'm like, Shayla, can you help me find my cell phone? Like, I can't find my cell phone anywhere. Can you help me find it? And the first question she asks is, she goes, is it in your back pocket? Without even looking at me, and, and so I kind of feel my butt, and it's still flat, and so no, it's not back there. Uh, And, and so I'm running all over our house, and I'm like, where is my cell phone? And, and like Shayla's just stare, standing over there staring at me with this like puzzled look on her face. Now, not only am I frustrated that I can't find my cell phone, I'm frustrating that she's not looking for it for me. Anybody else ever been in this conversation with their spouse? And I'm like, Babe, what are you doing? I need to find my cell phone. Help me find my cell phone. Like, I'll freak out when I can't find my phone, if you can only imagine. And she goes, have you checked your front pocket? My cell phone is sitting in my front pocket of my skinny jeans. <laughs> I felt about this big at that moment. The very thing that I was looking for was literally right on front of me. I think so many times that's how our spiritual journey is as well. The things that we're looking for in life, we're looking for significance, we're looking for purpose, we're looking for meaning, we're looking for love and acceptance and worth and value, and we're looking all over the place for these very things, and we're searching for them, and what we fail to realize in life is the very thing that we're longing for and looking for and trying to grab hold of and discover in life is right in front of us. We just haven't realized it, that all those things are encompassed in God. You know, uh, the great theologian Taylor Swift, she says, I got a blank space, baby, and I'll write your name. 
You guys have all heard her theology, huh? And so, uh, and so, you know, what a lot of us do is we have a blank space in our life, maybe it's significance, maybe it's worth, and we're going from person to person to thing to thing, trying to fill that blank space with that person, with that thing, with that, that uh, job, with that uh, car, with that house, thinking that that is gonna bring meaning and significance to life, only to discover the only thing that fills the blank space in our life to capacity is the power of God. And most of the time, while we're searching for all those things everywhere else, our significance, our worth, our value, our need to be loved and known and loved back and known back can only be found in one true place, and that's in a relationship with God. And God's saying, like, instead of looking at everywhere else, why don't you look what, at what's right in front of you? And so many of us are missing it. And there's this incredible, incredible verse in Romans chapter nine, verses 25 and 26. It's not in your outline, but we, we put it on the screen. And this is, what, this is what God would say to you. He says, I call nobodies and call them somebodies. I love that right there. I love that, that phrasing. I call nobodies who a lot of us feel like we are in life. We feel like we're a nobody, that we're insignificant, that we're unknown. And God goes, no, 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 no. That's not how it is. You are somebody. He goes, I call the unloved and then change it from unloved to I call you beloved. And the place where they yelled out, you're nobody. God says, you're my living children. And while we're looking around for all of these things, only to fail to realize that everything that we need is found in a relationship with that which is right in front of us today. And if we have this God that's willing to take us from being a nobody to a somebody, from unloved to beloved, to his living children, why wouldn't we want to follow everything that he wants to do in our life? Why would we want, not want to experience the fullness of how he wants to move and shape and transform our lives so that we can realize the full expression of his love in our life? So we can realize the full purpose and meaning of our life. So that we can realize how significant and how precious and how valuable we truly are to this God. And if God cares so much about us, why wouldn't we want to follow what he asked us to do? And I think about the, the very last words of Jesus on his way out of this earth. Usually people's last words are very significant, very meaningful. They're well thought out. And Jesus, as he's leaving this earth, gives his disciples a command. He's, he's saying, hey, listen, people that follow me, this is what I want them to know. And this is what I want them to do. In Matthew 28, 19, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And he says, he basically is saying, listen, you need to go out and find people and help them discover a relationship with me. And when they discover a relationship with me, have them understand that they have a new association in life. Like they've got a new purpose in life and I want them to associate and become a part of my tribe. I want them to be a part of this society of people that are belongers in faith to Jesus Christ. 
And so when Jesus said this to us, we think, oh man, that's, that's, that's real great. But Jesus is saying something very, very significant here because why in the world would he tell us to do that? And what does that mean for us today? And, and how does that apply to us today? And so for us to really understand the significance of that for us and how that applies to us today, we gotta understand what the meaning of this idea of being baptized even is. What's this meaning of following Christ and then being baptized in his name and in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? And so if you were to trace back, they would understand exactly what Jesus was saying because the original, what would happen is if you weren't of the Jewish background, if you weren't a, a, a Jew, you would be coming from a different race, a different religion. There were lots of people that were doing that. They were coming from different backgrounds. And if you wanted to convert to Judaism, there were some steps that you would need to take in order to convert to Judaism in life, if you were gonna follow the teachings of the Jewish people. And so there were some steps they had to take. In fact, there were five steps that a person would have to take. And the first one was definitely the dip, most difficult one for a God. And it was number one, if you're going to take the first step to become a, a Jewish follower, a, a Jewish follower of the God that they called the one true God, you would need to be circumcised. And most guys didn't think that that was a good idea. And so they'd be like, what are the other four steps? Maybe I can complete those. And, and so like that was the first step. It was a, it's a pretty hefty requirement for a guy, not so much for a woman. The second step would be to submit to the law of Moses. In other words, adopt the teaching that the Jewish people believed in. Adopt the laws of God into your own life as your own laws. The third one would be to have a ceremonial meal. In other words, have a party celebrating that you're associating yourself with a new group of people. That's why we do family fun day and water baptism together. Man, we throw a big party because people are associating themselves with Jesus Christ. The fourth thing would be to sacrifice at the temple. In other words, give something to God that's of value to you that you can give to him at, that would be sacrificial in your life. And then the fifth thing would be, would be a ceremonial washing. It's where we get the idea of baptism. It's actually that, that to wash away is where we get the word baptismo. And it's washing your, away your old life in declaring a new life. And so if you were to convert from a different race or a different religion to Judaism, that's what you would do. Then comes along a guy named John the Baptist onto the scene, and, and I thought forever that he was John the Baptist because he, he was Baptist, but that isn't the case. Um, it's actually because of what he was doing and how he was performing. He was called John the Baptist because he was the first person to physically wash people, in other words, baptize people into following God. And, and, and so this was not a new concept to the Jewish people. This was a, a very common concept. And so they understood the significance of John the Baptist baptizing people. In fact, uh, what they were doing is they were saying, hey, we agree and we adopt your message. We're gonna change associations to where we're gonna follow what your teachings are and what you believe. And so in Matthew chapter three, verse one, it says, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea, saying, repent, which means change your direction, change your association, uh, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then what happens is Jesus arrives on the scene, and in verse 13, it says, then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan to be baptized by John. And then Jesus is, and his disciples, they start baptizing people too. And in John 3, it says, after this, 
Jesus and his disciples went out into Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptized. Now everybody that was seeing and hearing these things understood the significance of what was going on. To associate with the message of Judaism meant that there was a washing that needed to happen. To associate with the message of John meant that you were going to be washed or baptized into the Jordan River. To associate with the message of Jesus and his followers was to be baptized as well. And so the purest form or definition to understand baptism is basically this. Water baptism is simply a public declaration of a new association. That's exactly what baptism is. It's us saying, hey, we're going from being nobodies to, be, to being called God's little children. We're, we're changing our association in life. And it's, and it's us saying, you know what? I agree and I follow these teaching. Now, there's nothing magical or special about the water. There's nothing uh, really magical or special about the person baptizing you. What it is, is is the significance of you saying, like, listen, I'm going to disassociate from this association, and I'm going to take on a new association. It's kind of like this. Any Miami Hurricanes fans out there? Miami Hurricanes, where you at? Raise your hands high. Be loud and proud, Hurricane fans. Right now, I, I saw a lot of people with U's changing that to like an N. You know what I'm saying? For Notre Dame, like they're like doing, I don't know how to even do that. There we go. That kind of looks like, that's an N on my side. Maybe this, I don't know. Um, you, they needed to change their association after last night. They went from the U to uh, just loser. Uh, and, and so, sorry, that was not the correct association. Uh, they need to change their association. Like, like, man, maybe we shouldn't be a fan of Miami anymore. Maybe we should get with a real team, uh, maybe like Alabama, because my team is definitely not a real team, Notre Dame. We won like two games this year. So uh, I would say Ohio State, but I think you lost last week, and you barely showed up this week. Right, Pastor Steve? Okay, good. I just, just wanted to make sure. I, I got a dog, whoever I can right now. It's, it's been a good weekend for me. We won a football game. So, uh, it's the idea of, of, of changing your association or identifying yourself with a team. It's you saying, like, listen, I don't identify with team world anymore. I identify with God's team. Like, I'm going to put on God's jersey now, and I'm going to live that out in my life. And listen, the event of baptism doesn't save you. What baptism is, is declaring what God has already done on the inside of your life. Some people, they have this, this crazy mindset that baptism has the power to save you. Listen, there is nothing in this world that has the power to save you except for the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Anytime somebody put, tries to put some rules and regulations on your life to save you, that is a bunch of baloney. Don't even take that because the cross is the only thing that has the power to save. Baptism doesn't save you. That's why the thief that was on the cross next to Jesus, what did Jesus say to him? Tonight you will be with me in paradise. Last time I checked, they didn't get down off the cross and baptize him so he could go to heaven. He just made a declaration with his mouth that Christ is Lord. And he said, man, I'm gonna, you're going to be with me tonight in heaven. See, baptism is a response to our salvation, not the cause of it. In Jesus' salvation, that's a free gift. And, and listen, if you're banking on some sort of action for your salvation, you're just in trouble. And so 
As a church here at Costa, we believe in going public with our faith. We believe that taking our faith public is a big deal. And some of the reasons why we believe that going public is a big deal is, number one, to follow the example that was set by Christ. I mean, Jesus set the ultimate example. Jesus was baptized, and not only was Jesus baptized, but he asked us to be baptized. And for me, that's enough. Like, if the God that can save my soul asks me to do something, like, he's the boss. I'm just going to follow that. And Paul even tells us, he says, listen, follow my example as I follow the example set by Christ. He says, like, Christ set the example. I'm going to follow that example. You need to follow that example as well. We also believe in going public is a reason. One of the reasons is to demonstrate the life change that's happened in us how God has changed our life. It's saying, like, listen, this is the old way. This is the old man. This is the way I used to be. But when I associated with Christ and God started making changes in my life, and how many of you know following Christ is the constant progression of you changing? If you haven't figured that out yet, let me just give you some, some insight. You're gonna constantly be growing more and more like Jesus because being a Christ follower means that you're always becoming more and more like Christ. And I don't, I've yet to find anybody that's figured it out. I'm not even close. Most of y'all are probably ahead of me, honestly. And so it's, it's us constantly changing and moving forward and following him. In fact, I love the description of, of how they used to do old school baptism, like way back in the day. What would happen is, is when somebody would make a profession of faith for Jesus Christ, they would go home and they would get dressed up in their old, rattiest, dirtiest, smelliest, nastiest clothes. And they would go down to the river with their pastor. And what would happen is, is when they would baptize the person, they would take that old life, all their old lifestyle, and as they went underwater, they would take off that old, ratty, nasty, smelly shirt, and they would take off those pants, and underneath they would have a white shirt and white pants. And as they came up out of the water, their, their clothes that were their old lifestyle would float down the river, signifying that their old life was gone. And that they were beginning a brand new life, fresh and clean. That's why Romans tells us in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. He's saying, man, we put away that, that old life. Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we may too live a new life. It's putting to death our old way of living and raising up because Christ is changing us from the inside out. And finally, we go public to declare a new association. It's an, it's an outward expression of the inward commitment that we have towards Christ. It's kind of like the wedding band of Christianity. It, it, you know, I, I wear a wedding band to signify my commitment to my wife so that everybody knows that I'm married in life. In fact, I, this past week, I was at our bank and my bank, I love banking at TD Bank. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to promote TD Bank because they make me feel good about myself. And so, uh, listen, I'll go to a bank that makes me feel good about myself. And so, I, I, I was in there. I, we were doing some fun transfer stuff. And uh, my, my, my banker has this huge crush on me. Uh, I don't know what the deal is. Uh, and she is loud. Uh, she, she is an island lady, so she has a lot of boldness in life. And, uh, and, and so every time I walk in, she, she, she'll like yell out across the bank, hey, sweet cheeks. I'm like, 
And so I go there every day, and no, I'm just. <laughs> and so I was in there this week, and, uh, and, and, and I'm there, and um, I'm always trying, and I, Shayla knows this, so I'm not like telling you anything new, because I come home and tell her every single time, because I think it's awesome. Uh, it's the one person that's interested in me in life. <laughs> and, so, and so I was at the bank. I was doing some fund transfer. And I, I went to go. There's another lady that works right next to her. And, uh, and she walks in from the back. And she sees me. And she goes, oh, pastor, you so fine today. <laughs> and this other lady looks at her. And she goes, you know that he's married, Right? And I'm like, I am. Look, I got a ring. I, I got a ring. I'm like, I'm committed to my wife. I'm telling you. And, and, and she's like, I don't care. I'll tell her to her face. He fine. <laughs> I was like, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I can't make this stuff up. I mean, it's like, it's like, that is, like I love going to the bank. And so, uh, but it's to let people know, like, man, my commitment is there. Same thing is true with baptism. It's letting everybody know where our commitment lies. It's going public. That's one of the reasons why we go out to the beach. It's why we don't have like a little tub in here where it's just us. So nobody else can see. We go out and go out in front of everybody and make sure that everybody knows. Not just the people that know Jesus, but the people that don't know Jesus. Because we're not to be ashamed of the message of Jesus Christ. And so we want to go public with it. And so uh, that's what we do. So what should you do? What is a step that you need to take? And uh, I, I've heard a lot of people say, like, you know what? I, I, don't, I don't really need to take that step. Like, that isn't that important to my faith journey. And let me just say this, and I don't want to be uh, reaping condemnation on you. I just want you to think for a moment. We have a Savior who came to this earth, lived a sinless life, was perfect in every way, then took your sin your shame through a brutal, brutal beatings and death on a cross. Died for you. And you go, mm, it's probably not that important. I mean, come on. Like, why would that not be important? If he was willing to go through that much and says, hey, this is an important step of your journey. Why would we not want to be obedient to God? See, a true believer will be obedient to anything God would ask them to do. Because they're so grateful and thankful for what he has already done that it's actually an honor to follow what he asked them to do. In fact, in 1 John 2, 3, it says, we know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. See, a lot of us, we know Jesus as our Savior. He's, we're going to heaven. But very few of us know him as our Lord. See, our, when he's our Lord, that means we are obedient to what he asks us to do. We're not in charge of our life anymore. It isn't based on our choices. It's based on what he's asked us to do. And so Jesus asks all of us, when we've, been obe- when we've made a choice to make a declaration that I'm going to follow Jesus, that we not just make him Savior, but we make him our Lord. And so what should we do today? If you're taking notes, be baptized if you've made a decision to follow Christ. You should make a choice 
to be baptized. It's what we call it a believer's baptism. It's for anyone who can make a public declaration that I've chosen to follow Jesus. It's one of the reasons why at Coastal we don't baptize babies because we believe that it's your declaration. And so we do parent-child dedication. We believe that a lot of times throughout Scripture you see parents dedicating their children. Nowhere in the New Testament do you ever see an account of a baby being baptized. In fact, that wasn't instituted until over 300 years after the Bible was written by people, not by God's Word. And so I'm not I'm not diminishing what your parents did because I think it's awesome that parents thought so much of you and loved you enough to say, hey, I'm going I'm to dedicate this child to God. See, what you're doing when you go and be baptized is you're fulfilling the dedication that they started by going and being baptized and fulfilling that by saying, you know what, I am following God through your decision, not somebody else's. Nobody else can believe for your salvation. You're the only one that can believe for your salvation. You're the only one that can make the choice to say, I'm publicly declaring what God has done. And so this doesn't nullify what your parents did. This completes it. It's actually an incredible, incredible thing. And if you've never publicly declared since you believed, man, you need to take the step of baptism. And so I would tell you, number two there, be baptized as soon as possible. There's no reason to delay. I love the story of the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter eight. Philip is preaching to this guy and this guy gets saved and they're riding along in a chariot in Acts chapter eight and says, then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here's water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And the question all of us should ask is, man, if I've made a decision for Christ, why shouldn't I be baptized? Like, why shouldn't I take that next step? Like, why would I delay something that God asked me to do when I could accomplish it right now? And so I would encourage some of you to take that step. And then number three, be baptized publicly. Be baptized publicly. Some people have never gone public and it's an important part of what it means to be a Christ follower. That's why Jesus said, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And today we have that opportunity. We have the opportunity to go public. Some of you guys have been thinking about it for a long time. You've been indecisive. You're like, man, I made a decision in my heart. It's time to take that internal decision to make it a public decision. And if you're waiting for a sign, like, should I get baptized today? Here's a sign. Get baptized today. Hello, get baptized today. Maybe you didn't hear it. Get baptized today. I always want to do that. Because here's the deal. A lot of us have been dating God for a long time. Dating him. Checking him out. Man, do I really... Do I like this? It's time for some of us to put a ring on it. It's time for some of us to make a commitment to God rather than just dating God. And go public and say, man, this, I, this is kind of weird. God's my boo. <laughs> I would say bae, but I don't really know what that means. So, I, like, I'm not that hip and cool. I'm kind of old. So, before, yeah, he's your bae. We need to do that today. Let's pray. God, we thank you for today. We thank you that you have just done so much in our lives. You've taken us from people who are called nobodies and made us somebodies. 
when so many of us were searching for things in life, searching for significance, searching for meaning, searching for worth, searching for value, you were right there in front of us wanting to give us every single one of those things. God, I pray that today that we wouldn't delay in following you. God, that we wouldn't be a group of people that would, would date you, but God, we would be a group of people that would be committed to you. That we would put a ring on it and say, you know what, I'm going to make sure every single other person knows that Jesus isn't just somebody that's hidden in my life, but he is at the forefront of my life. The most important relationship that I have, and I want the entire world to know it.